Okay, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's talk about a, a big day a big day on the Surrey policing mm-hmm. file. 11 a.m. now. That's when we anticipate Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke will have this news conference. Mm-hmm. We are going to bring the listeners that live at 11 o'clock here, so about an hour from now. And what are you hearing? Because there's lots of rumors out there. What's going on here? Well, I'm hearing they voted uh, in favor of the RCMP again. They reaffirmed their vote. I'm not sure what the numbers are. I'm not sure if what the rules are at City Hall when the mayor votes. On some councils, the mayor only votes if there's a tie. So I'm not sure if uh, that tie was there requiring her to vote. But my understanding is they again voted uh, to go back to the RCMP. Yesterday. Yes. In this in this emergency private meeting they had that yesterday. They only went for two and a half hours or something. Okay. The other question is what happens to this, um, one of the other rumblings in getting is these, this corporate internal report on the police situation in which they base their votes on. Yeah. We'll go to Farnworth if he signs a non-disclosure agreement, which I think he will. He has no problems with that at all. And then, you know, it, it, now we say on Jazz Joe Hall show yesterday, there's two lenses to look at this thing. One is the pure... Uh, statute, statutory lens, which is under the Police Act, the minister has to be satisfied. There's effective um, uh, and uh, adequate policing, not only in Surrey, but right around the province. So whatever happens in Surrey cannot have a detrimental impact on policing elsewhere. But there's also the political lens. So the Surrey Council now has voted twice in favor of doing something. Yeah. Does the ca- does the minister and it won't be Mike Farnworth's call. This is a this is a cabinet and premier's this is David call. David Eby's call. And David, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, do they really make a, a, a policy directive here that counters the council of the second largest city in BC? So I think the political lens trumps the statutory lens here, because the statutory lens is still open to interpretation. A lot of this is based on what the RCMP says it can do. So the RCMP has told city council and staff and the ministry, we've got the resources to um, provide effective and adequate policing in Surrey without uh, hurting other jurisdictions. Right, because this is one of the, the, the criteria that was laid down by Farnworth. He said, okay, you can go ahead and keep the RCMP, but you're not allowed to take other RCMP officers from other detachments. Yeah, it was interesting. Right. We got a statement from the RCMB pointing out they can do it by getting people to work overtime from mm-hmm. other detachments, which oh. would not hurt. Say, say you take a Burnaby officer, say you want to earn a bit of cash, extra cash, work work a Saturday after your five days in Burnaby. So maybe that's a creative way. Um, the other thing is, remember months ago the Surrey Police Service Union had that survey of their members who overwhelmingly said if uh, they would not go back to the RCMP, no matter what. Yeah. Now we could be in a situation where uh, the union president has already told the police chief there that as soon as Surrey votes to go back to the RCMP, we consider ourselves to be off the job and we want severance and expect severance. So that presumably is going to kick in very quickly. Yeah, and and that's been calculated at more than $70 million mm-hmm. in severance potentially if they shut down this Surrey police service, right? Yeah, so uh, you know, the, uh, we're going to hear from Brenda Locke, and again, uh. that's our, our information. Uh, Catherine Urquhart and I have been sort of working the lines and that um, that they voted in favor of the RCMP. Okay, let's listen to Brenda Locke here, and here's the clip where she says, look, I told I told Mike Farmer, just stay out of this, this is, our, this is our call. Here's what she had to say. 
We did have, a, a, I think, a productive conversation, and I let him know that it is the uh, jurisdiction of the City of Surrey to make that decision, to make the decision to uh, whatever police department we, we choose to have. Okay, and it, it appears that perhaps she's going to double down on that at 11 o'clock here this morning and say, we choose the RCMP. So, yep. the, you know, this sort of standoff, this stalemate continues here. You, you just... you talked yesterday on the show about how Farnworth does appear to have the hammer here. Like, if, if he chose to, he could bring the hammer down and force them to go with the Surrey Police Service. Could he not? Well, again, it's how you interpret the Police Act, specifically yeah. Section 2 and Section 4, which yeah. talks about there's about 20 sections that outline the minister's powers, which are pretty broad. Because they have to guarantee policing not just in Surrey, but in the entire province. So you can't have one jurisdiction weaken the rest of the province. But again... That's a pretty dry statutory read of this. There's, you cannot separate the politics from this. You know, do you really want uh, the NDP government to pick a fight with the biggest, second biggest, and soon to be the biggest municipality in British Columbia? Even though it's a council that was voted in by a very small number of people, but nevertheless, it's an election. You got to sure. accept the result. So at the end of the day, I just don't think they're going to uh, pick a fight. Okay, so we think that perhaps, let's say Brenda Locke comes out here at 11 o'clock and says, look, we voted on this again, and we haven't changed our mind. We're keeping the RCMP, period. That's it. Do you think if Farnworth at that point holds his hand and says, fine, go ahead? I don't think he does that immediately. I think he has to look at the report on which okay. they base their vote. I still think there has to be some analysis. It's not just it's not Mike Farmer sitting in his office looking at this thing. It's his deputy. It's yeah. his assistant deputy. It's yeah. the director of police services, the experts yeah. in policing. They have to look at this report and be comfortable that what they voted on was real and not some pie-in-the-sky stuff from, from the RCMP. Okay, we'll, we'll see what happens here we'll at 11 o'clock. We're going to have live coverage of that here at the top of the hour. All right, let's talk about another interesting story here yesterday, and that is David Eby and his announcement of a new energy buy for British Columbia. This is really interesting. So for BC Hydro, David Eby standing up there with a lot of Indigenous leaders yesterday and saying, look, we're going to this, these, this private power, yeah. just like the former Liberal government did, these small private power projects, and we'll buy the power from, from these small projects. They'll be partnered with uh, First Nations, right? And very similar to what the, the Liberals did and the NDP were, so the NDP this, were the, this is the first power call by BC Hydro in 15 years. And it's a, again, it's a bit of a wake-up call to people. And we've talked about this before. The incredible increase in electricity that is forecast has to be accounted for. So it's partly our soaring population numbers which we're growing by huge numbers every year. So more people, more electricity. Sure. And it's, again, getting off of fossil fuel, even though you know 98% of our um, energy use in BC is uh, hydroelectric um, and, and a mixture of, of wind and solar and, and renewables. So that number is going to increase. And it's, this new power has to be 100% clean and renewable. So it's hydro, wind, or solar yeah. or um, others that are, that are, again, not fossil uh, fuel. Right. And it's just, you start crunching the numbers, we need 15% more electricity in the coming years than we have today. So this is a big power call from BC Hydro. Yeah. There's lots of ironies in this because we recall when the, ND, the Liber, BC Liberal government brought in those independent power projects, yeah. NDP, ardent critics of those projects, mostly because they were non-union. Oh, but did they? <laughs> that's not something they would have admitted. No, though. and also, you know, uh -huh. there was some criticism that uh, BC Hydro was overpaying. 
yeah. market rates. And there was some substance to that. But at the end of the day, everyone has to put their differences aside here. We need more electricity, and yeah. it has to be 100% clean, which means going back to some of those projects and proponents that the NDP in opposition were opponents of. Yeah. Very similar to the Site C Dam, yes. which the NDP was very critical of in opposition. They become government. Uh, Change their mind. Reality sets in. You got to use. You got to build the site C dam, and you got to use IPPs. Let's listen to a couple of uh, clips here on this. So here is Premier David Eby speaking on this yesterday. Why they have to do this? Why they're going to these private power projects? Is look, we need more power. Let's listen. The need for clean energy, including wind and solar power, in our province has accelerated. BC Hydro's filing indicates we require about 3,000 gigawatt hours per year of renewable energy starting as early as 2028, a fully three years earlier than previously estimated. To put it another way, that's enough electricity to power 270,000 homes in our province. Okay, so the, the opposition Liberals, now the BC United Party, they're fuming about this, saying, look, we were we told you, we told you we needed these projects, and you guys cancelled them, and you criticized them. I spoke to Kevin Falcon about that a short time ago here on the show, the BC United leader. Here's what he told me. Let's understand, we're talking about a guy who's never spent five minutes in the business world, okay? So the bottom line is, of course, it's going to be above the rate that Hydro is able to charge. Hydro has what we call legacy power, which is, you know, investments that were made 50 years ago. They'll screw it all up and they won't actually get the power they need because they'll interfere and and, uh, don't know what they're doing. Your thoughts? Well, I don't know about that, but um, (laughs) uh, there is a lot of irony here that the NDP used to oppose this private source of private power. Yeah. And and government, they have no choice. Right. And the NDP used to say, like, oh, okay, this was a sucker deal, the Liberal sign, though, that they gave a blank check to these independent power companies and they were going to over, they were overcharging us for all this private power. And that's why they were against it. And you heard that, you heard Falcon just say there, he goes, well, of course it's more expensive. I mean, this is not like a, a dam that was built 50 years ago. We're getting all this cheap power from the BC mm-hmm. Hydro has all this cheap power, these legacy dams, as he described them. This is new infrastructure. So, of course, it's going to be more expensive. Well, yeah, because they, these are smaller projects, yeah. smaller companies. Hydro is a massive uh, company, a huge, yeah. huge infrastructure. Uh, so they, to guard their bottom line, which is more precarious than Hydro's bottom line, they were charging more because yeah. they, there was cash flow issues. There was investment issues. And these um, projects will cost more, too. Yep. Um, sure. But uh, we need the power. I mean, just as one benchmark, uh, the NDP government set a pretty ambitious plan for clean energy. And one of them is by the year 2030, 90% of all new vehicles in BC must be um, fossil fuel free. There must be EVs, electronic yeah. vehicles. Yeah. That's a very ambitious target. 90, 90% by 2030. 30. 30. Wow. That was moved up by five years, I believe. Yeah. And now this, this power the, call, What is the percentage now? I think it's 18%. Oh, but it's it's gone up. I mean, we had five thousand electric vehicles in twenty sixteen. We now have a hundred thousand vehicles. Yeah. So it's like a two thousand percent increase in the number of years. So that increase has to continue. Okay, Baldry's beat. Let's go right to your phone calls, Mary on Vancouver Island. Hi, Mary. Go ahead. So Lipinski is toast no matter what's decided because if they go SPS, he won't be able to work with Brenda Locke. So I want. Does anybody know what his severance package is? Oh, boy. That's oh, a good question. Good question. I don't know. Uh, but severance overall is going to be very expensive. Yeah. But the council obviously has decided they're willing to eat that uh, in order to go back to uh, the RCMP. Okay. Well, you know, she obviously thinks that, the, you know, the, the, the goose is cooked here for the Surrey Police Service here and that 
I don't know. Is uh, is Lipinski toast? Is it no, time to I get mean, them? Is it time to get the marmalade out here? For, there's know, still a few more. We'll things, see. Two more cards to be played. Yeah, here. It's, it's not over today. It's not, it ain't over till it's over. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens here in uh, half an hour or so. Colin in North Van. Hi, Colin. Hi. Good morning. Uh, talking about the energy issue here. Uh, the plans that we have for for uh, for dams, etc., and the population that's coming in. The twenty thirty, we're going to have to all have electric cars. Is uh, fine and dandy, but where is that power coming from? And what I'm mm-hmm. going to say is that there was a uh, study done in twenty fourteen, which you can Google. Which states that uh, in, at that time we are losing 22 billion, that's B like Bravo, 22 billion cubic meters of glacier water per year as of nine years ago. That was just a number when I read it until I put it into a number I could visualize. And Lake Okanagan holds 645 million cubic meters of water. Do the math. We are losing over 6,300 lakes Okanagan per year of glacial water. What's going to be filling these dams in 2040 and 2050? I'll be dead and oh. gone. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Okay, thank you. Very good call. There's a lot of skepticism attached to this. But, again, we're not talking all about dams here. It's also wind and solar. Wind and solar are not as reliable as dams. Hydroelectricity is there when you want it, as long as your reservoir um, levels are up, which we're seeing quite the opposite in the southwest United States, which has their own crisis of water yeah. uh, and power. Uh, but there's there's going to be a push to build wind farms, which are enormously expensive from a capital perspective. These are very expensive. Solar panels, but again, wind produces energy when the wind blows. Uh, solar produces energy when the sun shines. That's and what they call intermittent, intermittent power. power. Yeah. Um, but that's so gonna, that's not going to get us there. That's not no, going to produce enough power. But that's going to that's going to be part of the mix. It's not. Yeah. So there's a number. These IPP projects are largely small run of the river. Yes. as they're called, yeah. and produce relatively small amounts of power. But collectively, I assume Hydro's goal is to you bundle this all together and it will meet our energy needs. But there's still a lot of skepticism out there. James in Surrey. Hi, James. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say something to the mayor of Surrey. Uh, maybe put them both together, both police forces, clean up the streets and get it cleaned up because there's a lot of organized crime. Thank you, James. Well, I don't know if you can merge the two no, of them. No, uh, it seems a little too simplistic for the complicated situation that Siri finds itself yeah, in. Yeah. Let's go to Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. 30 seconds. Hi, hi. How you doing? Thanks, thanks, Mike, for taking the call. Uh, you know you know what side I'm on on this, and I, and I believe it's in the long run, the RCMP is far better off for the citizens of Surrey. As I said yesterday, they were led down that Rose Garden path by Mr. McCallum. In the long run, it is going to pay off, I believe. And I said, I was talking yesterday with someone, and, you know, having two forces, having RCMP in Surrey, having Port Moody Police, uh, um, Vancouver City Police, look, they compete between each other, too, for staff. So having RCMP and a depot, you know, centralized in Regina and dispersing members all over the country, it's actually a good thing to have a mix of forces. And if I may just say quickly, guys, on a different topic, because I know I focus on this a lot, in terms of energy, I'll tell you right now, I'm a big believer in, I think we should go nuclear. And I know people will go, oh, my God, Rob, what are you saying? What are you talking about? It's a good idea. It's clean. It's clean. And if you actually look up in northern Saskatchewan, boys, they're, they're starting to look at Uranium City again. I think. Okay. I think it was- Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Well, nuclear is the cleanest power. Yeah. Um, but politically, it's just, it's sort of dead on arrival. I don't think we're going to see it.